Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Seaspire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 481, and today we'll be talking about the legs from Summer Camp Island. I'm GC13. And I'm David. And this is an episode about the episode titled The Legs, not... I mean, it's going to be about Susie's legs, but but the premise of the episode is not about her legs. Well, the premise of this episode of television is about her legs, but the premise of this podcast will not be about her legs. I hope that clears it up. Hey, look, I'm just saying, if Teen Titans Go had a crossover episode with more uh, members to join the League of Legs, I think Susie's legs could make it in. I I I, I have no comment. <laughs> they are but legs, um, and they are the point of this episode. Uh, well, that and uh, the topic of friendship. Yeah, the disgusting friendship between Oscar and Hedgehog. Truly grotesque. I mean, let's just dive right into it. So Oscar and Hedgehog have purchased a croquet kit that um, embodies their friendship. The balls are their heads. The wickets are their, well, partially their heads, but also the rest of their bodies too. Yes, Susie is also a wicket. That happens because she really needs the game to get along and they're missing a wicket. And so she bends over and just is the wicket. And uh, from the ground, she gets to experience the balls singing, singing the same friendship song that Oscar and Hedgehog sing earlier in the episode. And uh, I'm, I'm not apologetic, Susie. That was hilarious. And I enjoyed that you were in that situation for us to watch. <laughs> that was great. Everything about <laughs> the croquet kit appearing was great. I couldn't get over, like, how stupid it was. <laughs> I don't... And do you ever wonder sometimes how committed to this ridiculous friendship that Hedgehog is sometimes? Like, does this feel beneath Hedgehog at all? This singing croquet kit? It feels much more like an Oscar idea. Well, they they both seemed embarrassed by it. We We didn't know it did that. <laughs> croquet... I'm not saying croquet is an embarrassing sport. It's not. But it is a little funny that that was their game of choice. <laughs> it's not the first time they've played croquet. Uh, it, it's something the monsters like to play. They played it with God Monster, and she she had such a good time heckling <laughs> people. She's like, oh, I love this game. Is this like what Americans think English people do? Or is this actually what English people do? Like, do people play croquet? I'm pretty sure the show creator is British herself, so... So she's not mocking the the British, saying that they just play croquet all the time in the moors. Hmm. I mean, I I don't think you would play croquet in the moors. You would have to have somewhere where the the lawn was nice and neatly manicured. Right. And they don't seem to do much manicuring on the lawn over no. in the moors. No. No. <laughs> uh, those are just the two most British things that I've heard in the show <laughs> that are rotating in my head. Other than the other than Susie, who I think at this point is there's you can make no argument that she is not the main character anymore. Like she is 100 percent the main character now. It's I mean, she is the main character. (laughs) I think she's been the main character since season probably season three. Yeah, I was going to say season two, season three. And her relationships, really. Like, we set up Oscar and Hedgehog, and then they become uh, not not the foil, but just a, a constant point of comparison, which is really what this season opener is starting with. Like, let's pay attention to Oscar and Hedgehog. We know them completely, and let's keep reflecting on 
Susie's relationships. And this is, this kind of gets the Ramona thing going because, well, it, it's going to be a juggling act in the season, right? We, we care about Ramona, but we've already dealt a lot with Ramona. We need to get on to her sister again. And so I guess this first episode just gets us a whole step farther <laughs> with her legs to um, addressing what needs to be addressed with Ramona. The heartfelt little piece she says in Ramona's cabin, it's like, being the savior of magic used to mean so much to her, and now that she's just a lone savior of magic, now that she's not a part of a pair of saviors of magic, she just doesn't want to do this anymore. Uh, We saw much earlier in the series, she was ready to give up her immortality and let uh, Alice and Betsy play their part. But uh, now she's like, you know what? I don't even think it ever was us. It's definitely going to be Oscar and Hedgehog. Yeah, and she calls Ramona her magic. That is a big statement. <laughs> like, that is not minor. They already they already had the, the dream of them holding hands, sitting on the porch swing. So I don't see how this is any different. Yes, compared to Oscar and Hedgehog, I, I still... I, I don't understand why this show codes her relationship with Ramona as a friendship because like, and it's directly compared to what seems to be a genuine relationship. Like other than the pilot of summer camp Island, there has never been a second of romantic anything with Oscar and Hedgehog that I can recall. But uh, I don't know, man, the tear on the frame saying, I love you saying you're my magic. This is, an intense friendship. <laughs> That's all I can yes. say. Yes, I mean, to be fair, I'm not sure if Susie understands romance. We see the shallow relationships she has with her boyfriends, so... I think <laughs> that is its own thing. <laughs> she might just not comprehend what romance is and doesn't realize that she has one. Yeah, that's that's kind of a thing, right? You're like, I'm not that into romance. None of the boys I've dated have meant that much to me. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> interesting. Susie, one of them is a literal scarecrow. <laughs> that's uh And we never did find out what happened to him. That's a checkered past. Why on earth? I I I, I can't even. That scarecrow, what does that even mean? That was an amazing episode. <laughs> uh I love that they can switch from break to fix it, but that's not what we're here for. We're switching <laughs> We're talking about a magic show where Oscar was doing so well at first, at least with the cards. He was doing well with the card tricks. Yes, Oscar does well to show that he can be magical too, until he tries to show how connected he and <laughs> he and Hedgehog mm-hmm. are going to remain. But the trick doesn't work out, which those, those metal rings that he's clinging together kind of don't look like they are uh, enabled for magic. I, I really wonder if Oscar knew how the tricks worked. Yep, and then, then the the friends are back to being unsupportive. They they waver between being incredibly supportive and not supportive at all. And this is the same crowd of friends who was putting up days since Oscar bumped into anything way back in Saxophone <laughs> Come Home. Okay, so there's so much to say about whether the campers are supportive or not, because we've talked about that they are eerily, like unnaturally, unreal to our world, childlike in some ways. But uh, let's give him some benefit of the doubt here. Oscar mentions that they've all been debriefed. 
on his current insecurity and stress about the future of him and Hedgehog. So um, they're a little tired of that. <laughs> I've confided this to each of you individually, and they're like, yep. Yes, and I, I think that, you know, laughing at mistakes could be different than laughing at Oscar. So, you know, that they, they're kids. They might be tickled that a magic trick fails to work. Hedgehog looked like she thought they were laughing at him, and that was definitely the vibe I got. He's also a glowworm, so what are you going to do? You know, this is this is his shtick. <laughs> yep, he's just like this. Yeah, uh, I he he survives the embarrassment. That's the that's the power of being a glowworm. You know. Yep, the glowworms have the power to bounce back from any level of social humiliation. <laughs> it's all temporary. It's like an umbrella. It just slides right off, really. As soon as a uh, hedgehog juices up the hat, his grandfather's old hat that he got for his eighth birthday. <laughs> he is ready to go, and he's not at all surprised that, oh, hey, Susie, you decided to show up. Oscar is completely unfazed that his magic trick has resulted in Susie coming through the hat, and he is not even relieved, but just excited that, apparent, you know, upon finding out that Hedgehog had imbued the hat with magic, you know, he wasn't like, oh, of course, he's just like, oh, sweet, this is both our mistake. <laughs> you know, just <laughs> immediately leans into that aspect whatever <laughs> yep oscar is again a very resilient lad <laughs> yes Susie has grown a lot too she is not really phased by the loss of her legs i think that's pretty standard for her personality but when she does get reunited with them she isn't that hesitant at all to listen to her legs and she's listening to suggestions from oscar and hedgehog i mean that's that's real solid character growth right Oh yeah, season one Susie would have never. No. But then again, she had a chip on her shoulder over Ramona's betrayal, which again, she discusses that at the at the cabin. Right, So, and she's clearly evolved there too. So, you know, it's quite a different Susie, but she'll always, always bark at the children to leave her alone. And the children <laughs> still respect her. They're all covering their eyes, leaving the graveyard. <laughs> Don't look at me. And of course, of course she gives Pepper the duty to babysit her legs. The the one who's, uh, how can I put this gently, infatuated with her. <laughs> and shares with her his, what was that, like, 1965 jazz lullabies? Is that what we were listening to? I, I don't know. I was just too tickled by the, the it being by Lawrence Welk. Um, like, Welk is in the sea slug, or like, was it snail? Anyway, um, <laughs> not Lawrence Welk, Lawrence Welk. Completely different. There's an H in this one, you see. That reminds me that Susie throws a pretty good uh, David Copperfield insult at Oscar oh, as well. Yes. Which I'm like, every time they reference that, it's kind of like they referenced... Did we talk about how they maybe referenced the Civil War or something? Or some historical event that was disturbing <laughs> in an analog to our own world? It's weird when they reference real people. I recall I recall that being discussed, yes. Yeah. Anyway, who, who knows what the relationship between their world and our world is? <laughs> or what this is supposed to be? I mean, it's probably just Lawrence Welk, except instead of being a human, he's, uh, he's a Welk. <laughs> yeah. So that, his name is Lawrence, and he's a Welk. <laughs> oh, man. But to the credit of Susie's legs, they are not 
completely against the idea of being babysat. It's not just like they're going up and they're tapping on the door demanding to be let out. Pepper is able to get them dancing to the music, but as soon as his back is turned, out the window. (laughs) Yeah, I like that the legs also do a little jump and tap in the air whenever they're running somewhere. (laughs) That side of Susie is apparently kept in her legs. And I I like uh, Hedgehog is like, I can catch him! Uh, Why are my legs a he? (laughs) We We don't know, Susie. We don't know. Only slightly disappointed that there wasn't more physical comedy of Susie trying to chase after her legs trapped in the hat, you know, jumping around. She she pretty much just stuck with being carried around while she didn't have legs, which fair enough. She's always going to immediately rely on the campers for labor. So <laughs> she, she wouldn't try chasing after the legs herself. Yeah, you think she could have given herself levitation powers or, I don't know, magic to spring to the bottom of the hat, but. I guess it's a non-magical hat, so we can't enchant it with levitation or with springiness. Uh, that would further compound the problem. So this rule of in- that objects need to be magic, is that new? Did we know about this? This is this is completely new. I, I think they did it just for a gag because it's like, well, it's magic hats must be registered. It's the, it's the only magical item that needs to be pre-registered. And Apparently, you go to the post office to get it registered. Right. <laughs> and the monsters are like, well, we like to play croquet to register these. And she's like, she doesn't even fight it. She just grumbles about bureaucracy. Well, okay, that's funny, too, because 100% they're just doing whatever they want to do, right? Like, that's not the real process, right? Yeah. Yeah, they, <laughs> there's there's no way. They They no. totally just made that up. But yeah, Susie is apparently so distracted by her legs or just easily uh i don't know why she has any particular reason to trust the monsters but whatever i think she just knows she can't win with them right again she has no legs she's just going to go through the motions here what you're saying is she doesn't have a leg to stand on oh god again right before this episode <laughs> i mentioned that my that mind one in the episode my mind is no my mind is still warped by the thought of leg rick which is a season seven invention of rick and morty so this i just i'm holding it all back like the meme crossover potential of of Susie being like look oscar i turned myself into a leg it's um it's overwhelming i mean again beast boy could turn himself into a leg <laughs> so uh yeah this was an amazing little opener for season six um i am so excited for the rest of it but yeah like this is really i think speaks to what the rest of the season's going to be about which is yeah there's going to be silliness but they're not pulling any punches like they're gonna get to the heart of what Susie needs to deal with internally and that is going to overshadow anything going on with oscar and hedgehog although they're, they're you know we're gonna keep tracing them they're they're, they're gonna keep having changes yeah. we've planted the seed of oscar's fear about the future and we'll see how that plays out yeah this is this is definitely uh, another story arc season now these these early ones don't really push you too hard in the story arc they just kind of touch on it but uh but later on it's gonna be story 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 and i'm here for it uh and i'm not ready for the end i refuse to watch the last three episodes like now it's not even to wait for the podcast i just don't want things to end but that is kind of the theme of of this show, and specifically of this last season. 
So I I can't wait to learn my lesson in real time. <laughs> it's a worthy ending, and when we get there, I think we're going to be pretty happy. Anyway, guys, that's it for us on The Legs. Join us next week. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Don't forget to leave us a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com.